curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day, Cephalon Collective, and welcome to spooky episode 113 of Cephalon Squared. I'm Spooky Cephalon Greg, and I'm joined by Spooky Cephalon Lucas. Hi, I'm totally spooky. It's not really spooky, it's just the 13th <laughs> number. The 13th, 113th number. Ooh. Ooh. When we get up to episode 1337th, we can call it the Leet episode. Ooh. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got 1,200 episodes to get there. We'll yeah, we'll let's do it. go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, us. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on from that shitty joke to the rambling of weathers. Yay. Now for your favorite segment featuring Cephalon Greg and Cephalon Lucas as they ramble their way through. You guessed it. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Okay, so here in the sunny town of Ipswich, yes, sunny town, I said it, it is currently 24 degrees Celsius with a 47% humidity. Winter is gone, and I am sad. <laughs> it's 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Did you really even have a winter? Not not really, but, you know. It's definitely the, gone. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely feel the difference between three degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, down here in Melbourne, it's 18 degrees Celsius. That's 65 degrees Fahrenheit with 50% humidity. It rained like a biatch last night. So the, the earth is soggy outside, but the sun is out. There's no clouds. It's just a beautiful day. It's not that hot. Um, but I went to the shops dressed like it was winter and found myself a bit on the sweaty side. So Much as regrets. you said, winter is gone. <laughs> yeah. Didn't need the jumper. Uh... Damn, missed the cold already. <laughs> yeah, are, I'm okay either way, as long as it doesn't get hot. I'm a mild kind of guy. I'm I'm dull and boring. Then again, I live in Melbourne. There you go. <laughs> uh, 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 Melbourne jokes. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves them except for people who live in Melbourne. Oh, uh, what'd you get up to in video games and Warframe this week? I played the new Avengers game. Yes, you did. I like it. It's it's good. I enjoy it muchly. You do. I didn't actually touch Warframe at all this week. <laughs> You're a naughty boy. I know. But you did. So you did need to re recharge your Cephalon um, batteries. So yes, my batteries are very much drained. The stream was missed, unfortunately, but uh, you filled the batteries with Avengers. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I fulfilled my desire to be a superhero. And it was glorious. Indeed. And I tried to resist Avengers. In fact, I wasn't even interested <laughs> in it. But you and some other people in the Discord kept talking about it. And I was like, fuck, fucking fuck. So I just bought it. Like a knob. I didn't have the <laughs> money. Where'd the money come from? I just bought it. But anyway, turns out it is good. <laughs> it's, got a, it's very much got a Destiny vibe to it. Crossed with Uncharted. 
Um, but it sort of feels a little bit like Warframe because the, the heroes are just more like frames than different Destiny dudes. My brain's not working. Different Destiny classes. There you go. That's the word. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas. Glad you're, you're here. Welcome. Yeah. But I did play some Warframe on Friday night with a few people in the PS4 clan. Hat tip to you lot. You know who you are. It was a good night. Uh, we did three ISOs. Actually, the first time I've done all three ISOs in a row, and it was the first time all four of us had done uh, all three ISOs in a row. Three of us, actually. And it wasn't that hard. It's pretty easy. Uh, especially when you've got all the bits. PS4 was so much easier for me. <laughs> um, but here's a tip. Mothop was one of the people I was playing with, and Revenant absolutely destroys the Necromech with his sparkle fingers. Good to know. Destroys like two seconds. Boom, gone. Well, very good tonight. Good little yeah. tip there. So there you go. Mm. Tip for you. The more you know. Apart from that, there was raid. Of course, there was a little bit of Mortal, Mortal Kombat. I'm slowing down on the Mortal Kombat on the mobile, and I'm speeding up on the Warface on mobile because that's kind of fun. Feels like Call of Duty on on mobile. And Call of Duty, yes, I've played that too. Triple <laughs> A, up your bum. anyway this week's episode of course there has been there was a bit of news but it wasn't super amazing mind-blowing news we had a bit of a think about what we wanted to talk about and actually i was playing with a friend of mine who's a founder of warframe but left for about five years and he's just come back he's only mr5 he's just come back to the game to find out how much it's changed so it's he's effectively a noob even though he's a founder and I've been taking him through things and he's been asking me some questions and it made me think, yeah, Warframe's crazy and massive and it's almost <laughs> getting out of hand. So the discussion we're having today is whether or not feature creep is a problem for Warframe. So we'll get around to that. But first up, of course, we've got our news. We've got our beginner topics and advanced topics. Uh, it's a full episode this week. So strap on your Cephalon Squared listening undies and let's go. News time. Go, Lucas. Breaking news. Platinum sale on all console platforms, up to 40% off until, well, tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to put it in the news, but it is actual news. (laughs) So, it only lasted a week. What a shitty sale. Make it two weeks, D. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crappy. Yeah. (laughs) So, get get platinum while you can. And if you're listening to this after the 14th US, so the 15th Australia... Sorry. <laughs> Next up, the Heart of Deimos interim update, which we talked about last week, has finally hit Switch earlier this week, so all consoles are once again on par for now. For now, for now. <laughs> Yes, alright, the first Zaku changes come next week to PC. These will include AoE damage reduction, removing enemy void resistances, and faster animations and recasting. Look towards those on the Twitter, uh, we'll have them in the show notes, uh, and more than likely we'll talk about them in an upcoming episode. Indeed, indeed. Um, he definitely needed faster animations, definitely needed recasting. He? Sorry. They. It's just a force of habit. They definitely needed uh, faster animations and recasting because that's one of the things I had problem, one of the issues I had with their abilities. Not that I've played a lot of Zaku, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I'm not sure if it's enough, but to be honest, I haven't read the notes in detail. So yeah. Have you? It's a start. Uh, Not really. I've kind of skimmed over them. Um, 
to see. I, I'm, I'm more interested to see the results more than just what they've they've told us. Like, I, I'm not really caring what they're telling us. I just want to see the results yeah, at this fair. point. Um, so, yeah, once, once the results are in, then I will... Test it out. Yeah, and actually care. <laughs> Give it a play and actually care. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Next up, Warframe will be um, kind of smaller soon. The PC version will be losing 15 gig off its waistline in an upgrade, uh, upcoming update. We sort of mentioned this last week, but it will be coming soon to PC. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, slim, slim down Warframe. Hopefully that'll be replicated on consoles. Hopefully. On top of the virus that's affecting us all, the fires have started again. To all impacted by the fires in the US, we hope you keep safe and the impact is minimal. Our hearts go out to you all. Absolutely. So we had it earlier this year in Australia. The, the fires were devastating and terrible. So we know your pain. It looks like they're just as devastating and terrible over in the US. So we feel you. Yeah. 2020, fantastic year. It's the best year around. Woo! Yeah, poopy year. Poopy. And that's pretty much it for the news. That, that, that's the news. Woo. Anything else you know about that happened this week? Um, Warframe's well, no. been kind of quiet recently. A little, little bit quiet. I think, kind of I think quiet. they're still kind of letting letting people simmer into the, uh, the new update. Yeah, and to be honest, it's taken longer than usual for people to, to settle into the new update, which means they've done something right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they've, I definitely feel like this has been um, one of their uh, better recent accomplishments. Yeah, more successful and just better in general in terms yep. of gameplay and everything. So, kudos. Kudos. All right. Into our discussion. Now, as I mentioned up front in this episode, I was talking to a friend of mine who's playing on PC. And, of course, I'm relatively newish on PC. I'm MR12. Uh, but of course, I know the game inside and out. And basically, this guy was talking to me about how much he loved Arkwing. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> oh, God, you know, the community hates Arkwing. But I realized, I remember when I started playing Warframe, and I don't know if Lucas can remember, I used to say I really enjoyed Arkwing too. Hmm. And I don't know whether it was the community that changed me on that. You know, learning that everyone in general disliked Arkwing. That if in, uh, that sort of over time changed my opinion of it, or just the fact that it's janky and you keep bumping into walls and melee just is weird and things like that. It's, it compared to the core Warframe experience, it's just not as polished. I don't know, but it, it just it sort of made me start thinking about things when he mentioned that. Then he started asking me questions like, "Oh, how do you get one of those dogs?" And then his question was, "Oh, Demos, should I go to Demos? What's this?" Veil Proxima and Earth Proxima. What are all these things? Ooh. And, you know, <laughs> how come you've got a little little dude? What's this little little? What are people talking about? Operators and these little dudes. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's just so much in Warframe at the moment. I don't know. A lot of people say that when when DE comes out with updates, that they're catering to new players. Oh my God, here's DE again catering to new players. But I would actually disagree. New players have enough on their plate. They don't need new content. Mm. Whenever DE is bringing out new stuff, it's always for endgame players because endgame players are the ones who have nothing else to do. So they're the ones who jump into the stuff. These guys 
don't even know that Heart of Demos even came out two weeks ago. And although he wants to play it, he doesn't care that much because he's still smashing through the star chart. And it made me start to think, when, what, when should people do things? Because you can do any of Planes of Eidolon right from the start. You can do any of Fortuna right from the start. You can do any of Demos right from the start. You don't have access to everything. So is it better to just grind through the story, then go back to Planes of Eidolon, grind through that, then grind through Fortuna, and just grind basically in the order of the, pro- the, the stuff that was released? In which case, it's not integrated well. In which case, feature creep is probably a problem. So what is feature creep? For those out there who might not know, feature creep is where you keep adding functionality and cool stuff to a product without simplifying and making it uh, integrated. So that's what I thought would be a good discussion for this week. What are your immediate thoughts on that kind of thing, Lucas? Mm, well, immediate thoughts. Um, okay, so I kind of agree with you on the the fact that they don't really um, uh, make things for uh, new players. You know, they don't they don't really account for newer players. But only to a degree do I agree with that. Uh, because they do still make these things open to new players to go and experience if they so desire. It's not like they've basically gone, okay, you can't touch this area until you've done the star chart, or you can't d- touch this area until you've hit so high of a mastery rank level, or, you know, you've got a particular uh, end game build. No, they, they leave these things open for new players so that they can experience them as they want. In fact, you look at the bounties on all of the, uh, all three of the open worlds and they do have low level starting bounties, you know, so they do kind of make it available to new players. They kind of, yeah, a little bit. I think there's a difference between making something accessible for new players and making something specifically for new players. Uh, but, I should clarify because I'm probably going to get hate emails or whatever. Yes, I completely understand that when people are talking about that DE is catering to newer players, they're talking about end game products that are made for end game and yet are balanced towards early yeah. game. So I do understand that. And that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. So I thought I'd better touch on that. But yeah, you're right. Everything that they make, it, it it is accessible to early game players, but I think the point I wanted to make is, should early game players be touching it? Is it going to confuse people too much to a point where they just go, I don't know where to go next and leave? Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) There's that fence. (laughs) Get it right on up inside your crack there, Lucas. Settle down on it. (laughs) Yes and no. So... Yeah, there, there's a lot in the game that makes people get really confused. You know, you, you look at the, as we've been mentioning, the open worlds, you look at them and you think, shit, that's a lot of work. But, you know, most of the time you think, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to do everything else first and then maybe come back to that. Um, that's the the logical way of thinking, which is not very logical. I think the design aspect, what they've tried to go, go off, uh, what they've tried to go for with these open worlds is something that you can do while you progress everything else. So they've put the cap on your, your reputation that you can gain for each of these places on a daily basis. So that takes up a little bit of time. If you want, you can go to each of these three open worlds and, you know, do your daily cap 
for the day. And then that's that. That's it. You don't have to touch any of those open worlds till tomorrow. Uh, and then from there, you can go in and continue with the star chart or do whatever you want. So I think design wise, that's what they were trying to aim for. They were trying to aim for something that people could do uh, alongside everything else. But because people have just kind of looked at it as like a big separate entity, they're not doing it at the same time. They're separating it. They're putting it to the side and going, that's, that's, uh, that's dessert. I'll, I'll, I'll have that after. I'll, I'll eat that after I've finished the star chart. Get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You make some very, very, very good points. So particularly around daily standing and how it limits players, um, as a late game player, it's limiting because it's frustrating and it yes. slows us down. But good point in that it does limit newer players into not being able to smash through too much of that. They can do a little piece of it. However, I would suggest that most newer players probably don't even understand the concept of daily standing and would get confused simply because the game doesn't explain itself in terms of where do you go next? I mean, one of the things he said to me, and again, this is a founder, I said to him, ah, oh, you should really focus on getting past the second dream and the war within as soon as possible. Get through the story and that will unlock some <laughs> other stuff for you. And he said, wait, there's a story? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's another thing. I, ha I then explained to him the codex and the problem that I see with the codex, and this is part of this main problem. The codex lists all of your quests, but does not mention anything about what's a core quest, what's a side quest, you know, what you need to do to actually progress the game versus what you just can do if you like to get yourself a new Warframe. I think they need to split the codex so that there's the core storyline quests all listed in order. And maybe if they have to put numbers against them, one, two, three, four, five, in order to be able to put it in order, maybe that's what they need to do. And then a separate section just for side quests. Because he had no idea where he had to go or what he had to do. He was just fumbling around on planets. Some people would argue with me that that's not an issue. No, that's, that's totally an issue. But yeah, I think it's totally an issue because there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, you just, you just got to have fun with Warframe. Just have fun. But I think in order to have fun, sometimes you yeah, need to you need a you usually need a direction before you can have fun. You can't just blindly go off and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm having fun. And you end up, you know, running around in circles for like half hour or an hour on your on your orbiter. Yeah, so that that's goof. If that's your way of having fun, then you do you. But uh, I don't really think that's how the game's supposed to be played. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I started to think to myself at least that there's some things missing and that adding more open worlds is leading to even more confusion. I, okay, so simple fix for this would actually be uh, throwing in a proper tutorial DE. <laughs> uh, that would be a simple fix. You know, maybe at the beginning mention, you know, have like a little uh, thing that pops up on, on, your, on, on your screen saying um, this is like a brief introductory to open world maps, what they are, how they work, you know, just something small and simple that people can turn the prompt off for or turn it on if they really desire. Mm. Or even even have it as like a, 
if you're going to land on these, um, on the nodes from like Cetus, if you're going to go land on Cetus, then this little thing pops up going, this is what Cetus is, or just, you know, something to, to explain what they are. Because with, with everything else that they've set up for these systems, for these open world systems, it's, it's nice. You know, they've, they've got something there that is balanced and, you know, is, is quite easy to understand normally. But there's no explanation for it. And if they just throw in an explanation, then that would be a massive fix. It would be it would be so much easier for people to understand what, why, and when. Yeah. I think DE likes to make it so that there's a bit of freedom. So you can do whatever you want. If you want to just go through and unlock every single node on planet Earth when you first start the game, you can. If you notice that there are lines that lead you through to the junctions and then you notice that there are prerequisites at those junctions then you start to learn that there's a bit of progression and it feels like you're actually acquiring some knowledge on your own there's some value to that but i think there's infinitely more value to when you first get through vor's prize or whatever saying this is a map this shows you your progression through your initial goal should be getting through to these junction nodes which each have a list of prerequisites ticking off those boxes and moving on and unlocking the next planet and moving through you know with a with an not with text with an image that highlights things as it's sort of explaining it and and going along or even a video even a little a little video video. with with uh lotus or freaking uh autis explaining things you know just a little scripted explanation that just plays and just goes okay here's the star chart this is what you need to do. These should be your goals. This yeah. does this. This does this. Over here, you can see the the options for this, this, and this. Yep. And then when you open up a, a, a an open world, you, it can come up and say, this is an open world. It's going to bring you a whole bunch of other things, including standing, which is uh, your reputation within the factions. You don't necessarily need to focus on this now. You need to do it in order to progress through uh, Earth, but do that mission and then move on or stay and do whatever. At least that way it gets explained. Yeah. And also to explain how the, um, the quests work. I think there's a, there's, I think we're getting to a point now in the game where the progression through, through the game itself is muddied by the amount of big features that have been added and particularly Railjack as well. Cause then I started to explain to him what Railjack was. So he's like, oh, I need to play that. Let's go there right now. So I took, <laughs> it, took him in my Railjack and we did some Earth Proxima missions. And he was blown away by that. And he's like, all right, screw the storyline. How do I get this one of these ships of my own? <laughs> storyline. <laughs> and that was my response. I was like, you know what? I don't think you should. I said, you can. And how to do that is you do the Rising Tide quest. I said, but I really don't think you should. I think you should do the storyline. He's a Destiny player. By the way, he comes from Destiny. So what I said to him is, you haven't even unlocked uh, Nightfalls yet. And he said, what? Because Nightfall is kind of an allegory. It's not exactly the same to sorties in, in Warframe. <laughs> so I was like, you haven't even unlocked endgame content. You're nowhere near endgame content. The game's still actually pretty er- easy for you because he's only up to Jupiter, I think. Oh, so he hasn't even hit the hit the story yet. <laughs> exactly. That's what he's, he's only up to the new strange. He's just starting the new strange. I said, this is where the story starts. And in this one, it's actually kind of dull unless you pay attention. But this is where the story starts. And once he got through and he saw, um, what is it? All is 
Silent in the Void. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hushed, yeah, yeah. Hushed and Silent is the Worm of the Sky. He was like, whoa, that's such a cool quote. And I said, fucking exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's so many things. There's so many wow features in Warframe at the moment. But there's no, <laughs> there's no progression goal. And I'm mildly concerned about that. Mildly, because I don't think it's a massive problem just yet. But I think it needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah, direction is is something that's definitely kind of needed. It it feel it does feel like the, the the more updates we get from DE, uh, the the broader they're trying to make the game. Like I wouldn't be surprised if a year, two years from now, we look at Warframe and it's really different to how it is now. Really different. Like oh, you know what? I'm not going to be a Tenno anymore. I'm going to be a weaponsmith, and I'm going to sell my wares to other players. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> that would but be I don't absolutely think it's cool. going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, what I'm trying to get but is I would not be surprised if they end up, you know, bringing it to a level where it really just doesn't not not, not matter where the fuck you go. <laughs> yeah, like that it, Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, like it, it I, I I do understand the feature creep um, is is definitely there, and I can see it being an issue if that's the case. If they if they decide to go down that kind of uh, uh, way, then yeah, it really will just be sci-fi life. It won't be Warframe anymore. It'll just be live sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, but I think the problem is there's certain things that are locked behind later parts of the game. And unless they remove those locks, you know, operators, therefore Necromex, unless they remove those locks, then you can't just do anything you want. You still have to progress, but the game still needs to teach you that you have to progress. Well, you can do fishing and mining and conservation whenever you want. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider me corrected. I am put in my place. <laughs> yeah. You can live a life. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I do like the way that Warframe is going, and I hope it continues to go down this path, but I really think there needs to be a point where the team sits back and goes, yeah, shit, we need to clear it clear. We need to make things clearer and that in that first 50 hours playthrough of the game. <laughs> Screw dojos and, and, uh, and landing crafts. When do we get our own Ostron house? Yeah, I want a fucking house. I hadn't even thought about that until you just said that right now. And now I'm like, you're right. We need a house. Yeah. Screw everything we've said. I don't give a shit about feature creep anymore. I now want a house. Feature creep is now welcome. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just make as our own lives in Warframe. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll have a house. You know, you can you can build Zors. And I'd like to Hulk. marry Lucas. <laughs> 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 my real wife, my real world wife, may disagree, or you know, she may be disappointed. But you know, different. It's, it's not real life. So yeah. get a picket, get a picket fence and a, and a pet cavat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, no. I want my own house. Lucas will make it. <laughs> You can live next door. Uh, woo, neighbours. <laughs> and I'll throw stuff over the fence at you. <laughs> Keep telling yeah. you, don't let your Kubro shit on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll totally be letting them do that. Oh, now I want a house. <laughs> I guess the feature group discussion is over. 
because all I can think about is house now. <laughs> and decorating my house. I know you can decorate your orbiter, but it's not a house. It's not the same thing. It's, it's not different. the same thing. It's very different. <laughs> I want the house to have no function apart from being my house. <laughs> no navigation, no arsenal, <laughs> nothing like that. It's just, just all just decoration a place, just a place all to chill. the time. Yep. Just a place to chill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to collect cheese wheels. I'm turning it into Skyrim now in my mind. <laughs> I want to be able to design furniture, Sims. Warframe creep- Sims. Yeah, let's just let's just creep those features right on up. Keep creep keep creeping those features. <laughs> as long as it's house related and Mario Maker related. Yep. Sorry, Warframe Maker. <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Yeah. And, you know, feature creep, I think, at this stage of the game is not really a problem as long as new players have someone to guide them through. And I think Warframe's been like that now for probably two or three years. Personally, I think adding more of this kind of content is only going to muddy the waters even further. And there's got to come a point where the team turns around and needs to address the this stuff and you know that's that's really what i thought the new player experience was i thought they were going to be building a new tutorial into the game that was actually going to be your first you know 20 <laughs> hours or so of the game but it wasn't nope nope yeah it was, it was one it was mission just, uh, one mission and it's beautiful and it's welcome and it introduces the story and it 100%. gets people hyped for the game <laughs> it really does 100 percent. don't get me wrong the new new player experience was absolutely necessary itself but yeah, I think the next the next thing is focus on that. And it might improve player retention as well. I think people are leaving because they're getting overwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know the numbers of whether people are leaving or coming or going. Don't get me wrong. I've said don't get me wrong so many times. It's the don't get me wrong episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know if people are coming and going. But I think if I was a new player right now, I'd just be overwhelmed and I'd be like, there's just too much. I can't be fucked. <laughs> I think if I was a new player right now, I'd probably be like, okay, um, YouTube videos and podcasts. <laughs> Cephalon Please Square. save me. <laughs> Please save me, Cephalon Squared. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it does absolutely mean that there's there's a place for YouTube creators. I mean, I flip- We have a place. <laughs> Yeah, Iflin built his uh, his whole Warframe popularity on his beginner videos, and he deserves it. They were great videos. There's a number of other partners out there who have really built their reputations on their build videos and uh, advice and things like that. And then there's us. Yeah, us. We've got beginner and advanced tips. We know Everything stuff. in between. <laughs> but still, I think some of that should be in the game. Yes, well, all don't that start telling me about the training <laughs> section of the codex. Yes, the training section of the codex is good. Nobody fucking looks there. Nobody. <laughs> I was telling my mate last night about how you go to your, your codex and you can look at that to find all of your, your quests. And he said, Oh, I saw the codex is like that section of the, uh, of, uh, destiny that nobody looks at. There was just like back, backstories <laughs> of different things and people. He's like, I've, I've never looked at it. I didn't care. Didn't think it had a use. Like, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah no, it's it's not, in the training, maybe, in the codex. Maybe don't name it codex and maybe people will look at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another thing. There needs, there needs to be some work. Yep. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to say? Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Warframe Maker would be an excellent way to teach people how to play the game. <laughs> it it would actually. <laughs> yeah. Warframe Maker and houses. Yep. <laughs> I can need a house. I would spend so much time just decorating that shit. <laughs> I'd spend so much platinum on decorations. Oh, yep. I'm already picturing it in my mind. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Lucas, for a You're spirited welcome. and enjoyable discussion. As High five. Always. High five. There. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, the beginner topic also comes from my discussion with my mate. Um, and it's good. It's good to, to play. It's been a while since I actually played with a lower level or a newer player because a lot of their questions demonstrate to me what newer players are looking for and the answer is everything <laughs> what's this what's this what's this what's this but one of the questions was how do i even get a kubro so i realized we've talked about different kinds of kubros lucas has talked about all the different sentinels gone into detail about them all that kind of stuff but i don't believe i've ever talked about how you actually get companions Maybe I have, but it's time for a refresh because lots of different kinds of companions have been added to the game. So here goes how to acquire companions. Taxon. First up, you get this bad boy early in the game from Earth to Venus Junction. Once you complete that junction and you take down the Spectre within, you are grifted. No, gifted, not grifted. The Blueprint. Go and build that bad boy straight away because Taxon is damned fine. Lucas still uses a lot in Endgame, don't you? Oh, these guys you use your little animals more. Yeah, Taxon's still one of my best friends. These days, my brain is so poorly functioning. My brain is poorly functioning. Other Sentinels. So Taxon, of course, is a Sentinel or a type of uh, one of the kinds of Sentinels. So most of these little fellas can be purchased from the market fully built for 75 platinum or they're uh, blueprints will set you back a hundred thousand credits and then you can build them some models though are available elsewhere the oxalis for example is acquired from the business on fortuna using solaris united standing prisma shade is purchased from barrow kitia whenever he has it for three hundred thousand credits and 500 ducats that's a lot but the prisma shade's pretty good um, Helios and Jin, for example, are acquired from Clan Research. Helios is highly recommended if you want to scan lots and lots of things. And of course, there's Primes, and Primes are Primes, and are acquired like all other Prime artifacts. So you have to farm them or trade them between your Tenno friends or purchase them in Prime Unvaulting when they happen. And keep in mind that Sentinels and Moas have their own weapons, or mowers don't have their own weapons, I should be clear. Sentinels have their own weapons that mowers can use, and there are a whole bunch of different weapon options, which Lucas has gone into in a previous episode. Next up, we have Kubros. So how do you get your Kubro? Well, that's easy. You complete the hell of the Kubro quest. That will get you what you need to build your first Kubro. So in short, you actually need the incubator segment for your orbiter, a Kubro egg, which you get from Kubro nests on Earth, and an incubator power core. You can get the blueprint from the market, but you'll actually be given a power core, power core, power core, by completing the Earth to Mars Junction. This was recently added to the game because 
people were struggling with that component of this quest. So once you go to your incubator, once you have all those things, that is, click the buttons there and you'll have a cute little Kubo, Kubro, it's a hard word to say, puppy in no time. However, in order to take them out on missions, you do need to mature them. Aww, they are cute when they're little. And if you have a matured, a fully matured, I should say, pink cyst on your neck with a little worms wriggling out of it, you can inject some of the infestation out of that cyst to create a Helminth Charger when you first start the incubation process. And I do recommend it because Helminth Charger is good. And look at his little cute melted face. Cavats. It's a similar process to Kubro's, but instead of Kubro eggs, you need to collect 10 Cavat genetic codes which is a bit of a pain in the ass. You only need one Kubro egg or 10 Kavat genetic codes. To acquire the codes, you need to find feral Kavats and scan them with your scanner. The best place to find these is on what used to be the Oricon Derelict, but is now the other, in inverted commas, nodes on Deimos. Anecdotally, the wiki suggests that the capture, exterminate, or sabotage missions are the best. The Sands of Anaros quest is also full of feral Kavats. Hint, hint. While each scan has a 25% chance of providing you with a genetic code, resource and drop chance boosters will affect this. So happy farming, Tenno. And with as with Kubros, you first get a kitty and then you need to mature them. Now there's something I'll throw in here. You can share imprints of animals with each other. So each animal that you get can have different cosmetic effects, different fur patterns and things like that. And some of them are more uh, sought after than others. Some of them are um, more aesthetically pleasing than others. So yeah, you can share them between each other so that you can guarantee a certain look. Um, I won't go into too much detail about that now. I'll do it on another episode. Mowers. These can be acquired from Legs in Fortuna. And yes, you'll need to acquire their blueprints as you rank up in standing. And it basically works like Zors and kit guns. You buy the BPs you want, the blueprints you want, you build them in your foundry, and then you take them back to legs to create your new mower. Next up, we have the brand new companions, the Predacites and the Vulpophilers. These are acquired from Sun in the Necrolisk on Deimos. You do need to progress a little bit in standing as you'll need to produ- uh, procure what are called mutagen and antigen blueprints, which will slightly augment the creation or the creature that you make. Uh, it's best to check at what you're looking to build, whether it's Predacite or Vulpophila first, and then write down the names of the mutagen or antigen you need and work towards those. But as an FYI, the Sly Vulpa is easy to get and you can use rank one antigen and mutagens to make it. That's a good tip. Lucas and Cephalon Kiwi gave me that tip. And it was pretty easy to make the sly. Also, you will need to find weakened animals out on Deimos in order to turn them into pets. If you're lucky, you'll find the odd paras- predacite, sorry, or vulpophila without needing to tranquilize. Otherwise, it comes down to converse- conservation, baby. And I'm not going into conservation on this episode. A final note on beast pets. And this one still needs to sort of be 100% confirmed because... I know it has been changed recently, but I can't recall exactly what the change was. Um, Your pets need to be looked after to some degree. Their health can deteriorate, but only down to 
100%. So it used to be that your health could de deteriorate for your pet, could deteriorate down to zero, and then they could die, and you'd lose your pet forever. They removed that aspect from the game, so now your pet can't die, and in fact, you don't really need to interact with your pet anymore in order to keep its health up. But you do get bonuses from interacting with your pet. So to save you the frustration of having to continually feed your pet to keep, to keep the health bonuses up, you can grab the Nutrio Incubator Upgrade segment from your clan's Tenno Lab, and that will eliminate that need. Now, Lucas is sure that you don't even need to do that anymore, but I'm pretty sure you do, because I'm, I'm certain I've given my pets, um, what do you call the stuff you jab into them? Stabilizers? DNA stabilizers. stabilizers. Yeah. yeah, DNA stabilizers. I'm sure I've used those recently, but maybe I haven't. So if anyone knows the answer to that 100%, I went through the wiki and I couldn't find the answer very clear at all. Basically, what it looks like is if you use the Nutrio Incubator segment, it's just going to give you bonuses all the time. All bonus, all the time. Ooh, bonuses. Anything else you want to add on pets, Lucas? Opinions? Uh, no, no, but I guess it's... uh. Time for me to step aside so our, uh, our guest can come in and talk about <laughs> the, uh, the pre-designs. It is, it is. Welcome, honoured, esteemed guest. <clears throat> the pre-design. Roaming the vast Cambian Drift, we encounter yet another unique species indigenous to these landscapes. The pre-design. With an appearance quite reminiscent of a mountain lion, these infested creatures are in fact canines, but due to their appearance, each variant species has been given a name tied to ancient Egypt. Today, we explore the life of the Predacite. Part 1. Vizier The Vizier, Predacite named due to the plume of tendrils protruding from its lobes, is in fact a skittish creature that uses its acidic spittle as an escape mechanism. On further inspection, we see the Vizier has more than one trick up its sleeve. The acidic spittle is a tar-like substance the vizier will project at enemies within 30 meters. This substance will cause temporary blindness for 12 seconds and deal 120 corrosive damage. Iatric mycelium is the name of the vizier's second skill, where the predocyte will release a trail of spores that can heal allies for 300 health over 5 seconds, making this quite the companion to have. Part 2 Medjay. The Medjay predocyte has much more simplistic appearance with little to no distinguishing appendages. Unlike its subspecies cousins, the Medjay is more likely to charge if threatened. Infectious Bite is a finisher-type attack that deals plus 200% finisher damage and infects its target with a strange virus that causes the growth of four volatile pustules. These growths react violently to further stimulus. Paralytic Spores is the name of the Medjay's charge attack, and upon collision, the Medjay will release spores that stun enemies within 16 meters for 3 seconds. The initial collision will inflict 160 damage to that of which it collides with. Part 3. Pharaoh Last of the Predocyte subspecies, we have the Pharaoh. Most distinguishing are the length of these majestic creatures' low-hanging lobes. Far more easily frightened than the others, the pharaoh will flee at the sight of danger, covering its tracks with a geyser of parasitic sputum. Endoparasitic vector 
is the parasitic sputum in question, which quite literally is the spitting of a parasite upon an enemy. This causes the enemy in question to sprout tentacles from its body that will cling to other nearby enemies within 5 meters, reducing their movement speed and dealing 20 viral damage per second over the course of a 5 second duration. Anabolic pollination is the release of a cloud of spores in the air that have a short 6 second lifespan in which during that time toxin damage will be increased by 100%. And there you have it, the predocyte in all of its parasitic fungal majesty. These strange creatures of the Cambian Drift, I'm sure, still hold many mysteries, and I hope it's not long till we discover more. Until next time, this has been Life on Deimos. Very good. Still surprises <laughs> me that we may manage to get David, ba David Attenborough on the show every week, <laughs> or every, every once in a while when, when we need to. That was excellent. Um... I didn't realize that the vizier, vizier the, 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 gives 300 health over five seconds. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, actually pretty a pretty good. good skill. Yeah, I mean, it mm. depends how often it does that uh, and things like that and freaking how long it stays alive. But that's actually, a, that's pretty good. I thought the pharaoh was best, but I'm now starting to think the vizier is better. <laughs> I think I think they've all kind of got uh, a good spot to be. Yeah. yeah. All three have, have uh, good uses about them. Looking forward to giving them a shot. Yeah. All right. Very good. Where are we up to? Community, community call-out. So we have two community call-outs this week. Which one do you want to do, the first or the second? Uh, I will do the first. Do it. First one is a cookie to Lycos CT3. He said thank you for the tip we gave last week about the uh, pets being traded in for sun tokens and followed it up with additional former will grant five more sun tokens each when trading pets to sun so if you throw in two uh former on top of the gilding of the pet then that equals to 25 25 yeah 25 sun tokens it's pretty damn good yeah if you want to go through all that former <laughs> but well, yeah five sun tokens is 1500 Standing, so it's not too bad. It's pretty good. One one former for fifteen hundred standing. <laughs> Squeak. Squeak. <laughs> anyway. Uh thank you, Lycos. Next up we have a community call out to Dutchy, who gifted Fluffstery some resource boosters for assisting with the farming of mutagen samples. That is very kind of the benevolent Xbox clan lord. <laughs> well done. It's good seeing seeing such kindness within our community. Love indeed, it. Indeed, indeed. And I know there's been a few people giving away uh, some prime parts and things as well, I've noticed. So, good job. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, reviews update. Uh, there have been no new reviews this week, but we got two new reviews last week, so we're still at 130. Yay! And we do have one in the backlog if you'd like to read it out, and apologies in advance to this particular person, because I'm an idiot. Go for it, Lucas. <laughs> <clears throat> iTunes, US. Gamillion. Positive chums with a plethora of Warframe knowledge. Five star. <laughs> Every weekend I tune into this show for news and updates for my favourite game. There isn't a more fun and cheeky crew to get updates from, whether it be game or weather related, and although Lucas may say things about Oberon that wound me, 
Phoenix renewal always gets me through to the community calls out, call outs and the Dr. Cephalons. Great job, boys, and never stop, never stopping. Co- Co- Cody GG GRR Bear Gerber Cody Gerber Yes Cody Cody Gerber Gerber plays on PS4 ah, Yes PS4 and PS Greg please show Lucas my Warframe look I'm sure he'll love it Let me guess this is a Nobron It was an Nobron yeah. and he shared he shared the look with me when I was playing a couple a week or so ago and I'm a big poo poo head because I didn't take a screenshot of that, so I have no way of going back to show him. But if you uh, save that image and send it to me, Cody Gerber, through the um, PlayStation chat, I would be happy to figure out how to log into Lucas's computer and put it as his wallpaper. <laughs> no, but I'll send it to him and he'll love it too. All right, you want, I, I got it. I got to do this because I still keep getting messages. I have never once said that Oberon is a bad frame, all right? I just don't like him. He's a good frame. I don't like him. <laughs> Can't believe you don't like Oberon, Lucas. The paladin. Sticky paladin. You know it's always going to come up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, you can't escape it. You I know I can't escape it, but I, I, would, I, just, I just need to clarify, I do not think Oberon is a bad frame. Mm-hmm. You clarify that every time, but still, we know. We know you think he's a bad frame. <laughs> oh, he is a freaking. He is a fantastic frame. No, he is an absolutely <laughs> amazing frame. I, I, I have, I've played with Oberon before, and I know that that's very unlikely. You don't believe me, but I've played as Oberon before, and I have absolutely decimated the battlefield with him. In in comparison to the uh, em- the level thirty Ember Prime that I was with, I was leveling up as an Oberon, and I out DPS'd him. I took less damage than him, and I kept the bastard alive. I managed to keep picking him up. So Oberon is bullshit overpowered. Um, I just don't like him. All right, good. I'm going to stop you right there because <laughs> you said something there that put a picture in my mind, and now I can't get it out of my mind, just like having a house in Warframe. You said, <laughs> I've played with Oberon before, and rather than me picturing you playing Warframe with Oberon, I pictured you. With a Warframe action figure in your hand. <laughs> DE, we need Warframe action figures. Oh, uh, we need Warframe action figures. We absolutely <laughs> need them. And I do not give a shit if they're based on the default skin and default colors. I need Warframe action figures now. <laughs> Urgently. <laughs> I reckon they'll sell like freaking hotcakes. I'll buy the yeah, shit yeah. out of them. Even if you can only get them from the Warframe store. Oh, my God. I need Warframe figures. You know, it'd be even cooler if they actually made them, like, complete blank white so you could actually fashion frame them yourself. They need to make two. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want fully articulated ones so I can sit there going, boom, boom, take that, <laughs> Oberon. <laughs> Here comes my ripline. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of ads from the 80s. <laughs> was it Vin, Vin Diesel with the uh, Extreme Sharks? Yeah, see? No, street, street Sharks. Vin street Diesel sharks. with Street Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You press a button on the back and um, Atlas punches. Boom! It's going to be sick. We need those figures. Oh, man, I'm so in yes. love with this idea. Warframe maker, houses... Figurines, fully articulated. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, wow. we've gone off on some uh, 
tangents this episode, but that's uh, that's what yeah. we're all about. That's what the squared means. It's referring to tangents. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> Maths. <laughs> Maths. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you have to say and people get confused. All right. <laughs> Where are we up to, Lucas? Dr. Cephalon. Dr. Cephalon. Dr. Cephalon. Yeah. We don't have any this week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there were a few questions in the Discord, but they weren't really Dr. Cephalon questions, and it just led to a shit ton of discussion, which was good. There was good discussion in podcast question time in Discord, but nothing to help the community at large, I think, personally. My thoughts. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And sometimes I'm wrong. Oh, I'm pretty much in agreement. That I'm wrong. Mostly. Then, then you're wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. Nobody calls me Rebecca, except my mom. No, my brother, <laughs> it is. New. Anyway, fuck, there's another tangent. <laughs> that brings us to the end of episode one, sorry, spooky episode 113. Ooh, there was no spooky stuff at all. Thirteen's not a spooky number at all, stupid spooky people. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason, maybe to request Warcraft figures, that that (laughs) you should direct to DE. In fact, everyone listening, if you use Twitter, please, at Play Warframe, Hey Warframe, we need fully articulated articulated Warframe figures. K thanks bye. <laughs> CC at Cephalon Squared. PS also uh, Warframe maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone. So we, everyone. We have swamped quite D a lot with of requests. Listeners, and if everyone does that, D will get a shit ton of requests and I'll be able to get my figures. and we may just be able to get warframe maker exactly um and warframe maker would be nice too so two separate tweets thank you (laughs) yeah if you'd like to get in contact with us go to cephalonsquared.com where you'll find all the good wonderful things you'll find a link to our discord a link to our facebook group all of those cool things the discord the discord's getting massive you said there were 500 users a couple of weeks ago lucas it's more like 650 Damn. It's getting nuts. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I say that was 500 a couple weeks ago? Yeah, because we were talking. I was saying we were, we were a small family or something, and then you were saying small, small, or smugly, small, <laughs> ooh, small, 500 plus people, small. It's actually it's actually 600 plus people, so there you go. Still small. Yeah. No, no, it's, not. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a small family. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> we, we have we have a community, Greg. It's not a small family. We have a community. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's not even kidding. <laughs> if you'd like to support the community, or, well, let's face it, it's more to support Cephalon Squared, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash Cephalon Squared. We do this day in, day out, week on week, out of the love of our hearts. If you'd like to throw us a few bucks to say thank you, please do. Uh, so you can do that via Patreon or via... What's the other one? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, details at cephalonsquared.com forward slash support. But really, all you need to do to support us is listen, join the community. Listen and love take us. Take part. Love us and love be us. loved in return. <laughs> yeah. Like, review, all those cool things. Let's say thanks to the patrons, though. Thank you, Jellybug1799. Thank you, Tsula. Thank you, Lord Frieson. Thank you, Danathan. Thank you, Hellbop Comet. Thanks, Coyote PX. Thank you, Soundwave. 
You should go sound wave. Thank you, Jackson31. <laughs> Thank you, Kintail. <laughs> Thank you, Shazim. <laughs> Thank you, Implosive underscore MKV. Thanks, Dylan Braun. Thank you, Solarian. Thank you, Ponytail. And thank you, La Dutch Master. Indeed. So these are the Honorary Cephalon and above patrons. Thank you to you all for your continued support. Yeah. What a world. What a world. What a year. Yeah, I just got derailed by my own thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm easily derailed sometimes, but hey. That's what happens. My name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the shop. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestrian. I'm Silverlight all over the interwebs. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive shout out to our magnificent, majestic, fantastic, amazing community. You guys are awesome. Love you all to bits uh, and keep being awesome. Magnificent, majestic, fantastic, amazing community. Yeah. I like it. Especially majestic. <laughs> Majestic's such a great word. It's, it is. It's such a good word. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like it. Thanks to Yarn at Disco <laughs> underscore Bucks on Twitter for the intro and outro. And thank you to you for listening to Let It Let Yet, another episode of our ramblings. It has been a good week. We hope this week will be a good week and we'll speak to you on the other side of it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.